female in technology looking to reach the VP level and beyond? Join me, Lisa Kostova, and guests for honest and real tips, strategies, and conversation to accelerate and most importantly, enjoy your career climb today. Hey guys, it's so good to see you here. I am trying something new today, and that is recording a podcast and streaming live inside of the Facebook group. So there's a little bit of funkiness going on here with my studio setup because one of my cameras is not working, so I'm going to be improvising, which is an essential skill to have if you are working in a tech company, and especially if you're working in product or related field as a tech executive. So this is a new episode of the Female Tech Exec Podcast. Welcome. And today I want to talk to you guys about climbing the wrong mountain or the right mountain in your career. And how do you ensure that you are climbing the right mountain? I love mountain analogies. I am a climber. And I can tell you that each mountain is very, very different. The experience of climbing it is very different. It depends a lot on who you're climbing with, who is on your team, who is your guide, if you're using a guide, as well as how tall is the mountain, where in the world it lies, how much equipment do you need, what type of climbing it is, whether it's a long slog like Denali, where you have to take a ton of equipment with you and you have to train to be a pack horse and you're going on for weeks at a time with tons of heavy, heavy loads, or if you're doing a few days in the beautiful Cascades here in the Pacific Northwest, you're climbing a volcano like a Mount Shasta, which is a one to two day trip. And it's a completely different experience. You climb at different times of the day. You use different equipment. It's a different altitude. It's different views. It's a completely different experience. It's still mountain climbing, but the experience of climbing each mountain is profoundly different. And the same is true with our careers, right? We may be trained or conditioned because of expectations around us or people in our family or in our early career to have our eyes set on a mountain that we find ourselves on and kind of not really enjoying being on the mountain, but slogging it through and believing that once we get to the summit, it all will magically be worth it. Well, let me give you a bit of a reality check. When you get to the summit in any of these mountain climbs, you stay at the summit for less than a couple of minutes. It's very, very quick. In fact, it's so quick that you barely have the time to take one or two photos if you're lucky. You know, when we ended up on Denali, that whole climb, being on the mountain, took about three weeks. Three weeks, two weeks going up, you know, a few days, kind of like three or four days after the summit to go down. It was more more than two weeks on the way up. And of the whole time, I think the total amount of time we spent on the actual summit of the mountain was like five minutes. And we almost didn't have that. Because as we were approaching the summit ridge, you know, at that altitude, which is over 20,000 feet, 
It's the highest, imagine the highest peak is the highest object for miles and miles around. In fact, it's the highest object on the continent. So anytime there's weather, even though it may be many miles away, if there's a cloud, any lightning or any electricity from that cloud can actually reach the summit really quickly because it's the you know highest point. So it's like you're standing on a you know, on a beacon for any lightning or any electricity. And we had this cloud that was far, far away when we were approaching the summit ridge of Denali. And the three or four days prior, there was another climbing team that had come down and they were really rattled. The guides were very experienced and they had said that this was the most difficult climb that they had ever done because they had another similar cloud in the distance. And as they were approaching the summit ridge, they were below it in an exposed area on the mountain. They started getting that electricity phenomenon that's called Elmo's fire. And Elmo's fire is essentially a uh, a thing where if you're in an exposed area on a rock and there's electricity around, you start getting static around you and it starts like your hair starts standing up and any metal on you on your body and for mountain climbers that's a lot that's the crampons that are strapped on your feet that's your ice axe that's your anchors your tools there's a lot of sharp metal objects that you have climbing up all of them start buzzing and conducting electricity So those guys were climbing and they got to a point where they started experiencing electricity and everything started buzzing. And you cannot throw away these metal objects. They're your life-saving equipment. So they beat a retreat. They started going down as fast as they could and they came into Camp 3. We saw them in Camp 3 when they were coming down and they said it was the most rattling, nerve-wracking experience they had ever had. So a few days later, we were approaching the summit ridge and our guide spotted a similar cloud in the distance. And he said, hey, guys, we're just going to zip there. We're going to arrive at the summit. We're going to take one photo for all of us. And then we're just going to get the hell out of there. So thankfully, when we got to the summit, the cloud had moved further away. So we could stay and actually take a few photos per person. But honestly, it was like, what, how many of us were there? It was four or five of us. And we probably stayed five minutes max there. We took our photos and we got the heck out of there. And that was it. That was the summit. And I can tell you that of the whole experience of that expedition, that was probably 0.001% of the time spent, especially if you include all the preparatory climbs I had done in the year prior, all the daily training I was doing, all of the preparation, all of the time spent on the mountain, everything, everything. The summit is a tiny, minuscule part. And I can also tell you that it is one where you end up at the summit and when you come down, there's this feeling of, wow, was that it? Was that it? This was what I was training for and dedicating a whole year out of my life for. And there's a little bit of a letdown that happens afterwards because you almost, you put so many expectations of what's going to happen when you achieve your objective that it is disappointing in a way when 
you're the same person. When <laughs> coming down, you're just, you know, nothing is visibly different. Nothing, nothing is different. You have the same thoughts. You have the same feelings. You didn't magically transform into this. I don't know. Whatever your expectation was, you didn't magically become happy. Now that this is being achieved, you know, I was surprised. I was very surprised to see that I didn't instantaneously become happy. And in fact, when I came down, when we came down from the mountain, there was a period for me of, I would say, post summit depression that set in because. I didn't have another objective, or I didn't have another journey or expedition to channel my energy into. It was like, okay, I did this. Now what? <laughs> so, pulling this back to your guys's career, here's what I'm observing, and I'm working with a lot of of you guys in the Product Executive Accelerator. We're on our week three of our group coaching program, and. I am so impressed by your guys' backgrounds. I'm so impressed with what you've already accomplished by how much you're handling. It is very clear that the room is filled with women who are who have been overachievers all of all of their life and who have been rewarded growing up for the outcomes, the results that they've achieved. And so there's this compulsion to just keep doing more, keep climbing higher, keep stretching and pushing yourself in this kind of everlasting search for, you know, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it's almost like an addictive loop. I'm sure there's similar mechanics to addiction. That certainly underlies the mechanics of the workaholism principle. So what I'm noticing, what I'm noticing is that a lot of us myself included. And you know, I've changed quite a bit over the last three or four years, especially, but it used to be the case for me in my product management career that I was just constantly on to the next thing. I was looking for what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, and was so oriented on the outcomes, on achieving the summit, that I never really took the time and the attention to understand or to question myself if I'm climbing the right mountain, if I'm even enjoying being on the mountain. Because I can tell you that now looking back at the expedition, for example, of Denali, and it's true for all the mountains I've climbed, the memories are more of my time on the mountain and my time having the experience of being on the mountain with my teammates than actually reaching the summit. Yeah, there are a few cool memories from the summit, but most of the journey, most of what I will remember will stay with me. The transformation, the enjoyment, it all happened on the journey. It all happened on the way of getting there. And so for a lot of us, we don't question the mountains we're climbing. We're either in a company and we don't look around and we don't question, is this the mountain I want to climb? Maybe we're in an industry or function that we are not interested in climbing compared to something else out there. Or maybe we just haven't, you know, we're just kind of adapting. I think we're being trained to adapt to whatever is in front of us. And we're just, yeah, you know, this is where I'm finding myself. This is in front of me. I'm going to go climb it. And here's the thing, you may be climbing, you may be climbing the wrong mountain for you. 
there may be something else out there that will be way more enjoyable for you, way more satisfying, way more fulfilling to climb to where you're actually satisfied whether or not you reach the summit. You're satisfied. You don't have this feeling of sacrificing, of not living to your values as you're ascending your career ladder. So, you know, it's an interesting observation that I wanted to bring to your attention, primarily so that you can have the awareness, the awareness of questioning, of just asking yourself, hey, am I enjoying my experience here? Is it satisfying to me? What is it that makes work or my career satisfying to me? What types of experiences, questions, exposure, projects, colleagues make me feel like I'm growing and developing and I'm truly enjoying myself. I'm becoming a better person. I'm fulfilled. I'm content. I'm satisfied with this. Because imagine if you could, instead of putting the burden of your happiness on the summit or in the outcome that you have in your mind. Oh, when I get the promotion, I'll be happy. When I, you know, when this thing happens, I'll be happy. The summit or that outcome is not fully in your control, guys. Yeah, you can show up, you can be as trained as can be, and you can be as strong as can be, and still the weather window may not ever open up. There may be factors outside of your control that determine, even though you may be worthy or deserving of promotion, that promotion may not happen. And it may not be because you failed, but it may be because of external factors. And that happens all the time. That happens all the time. So how can you start shifting from placing the burden of your happiness and career satisfaction on these outcomes that are, you know, once you get there, you'll arrive, you look around and you're like, okay, well, (laughs) now what? Magically, it doesn't give you, you know, that satisfaction that you thought it would. And so the best way to reframe it, whether you're climbing a real mountain or a career mountain, in my experience, is to truly, truly make sure that you're enjoying, even though it may be hard work, even though it may be challenging, truly, truly enjoying and savoring the experience of the actual climb, or even the preparation. I'll give you an example. With some of the preparation that I had to do for Denali involved at a later stage, me putting six or seven gallons, maybe even eight, I can't remember, gallons of water into a huge 100-liter backpack and going to the steepest hill in Portland and literally spending an hour going up and down that steep hill. And it was supposed to be, you know, at a low heart rate, I was supposed to feel certain burns, certain muscle burn, I was supposed to like, I'm just conditioning my body to carry a lot of weight over a long period of time. And for some of you guys, or even for somebody who is climbing mountains, that can be like a deal breaker. They can say, no way, I'm ever going to do that. That's crazy. I'll never enjoy this. I somehow found that satisfying and enjoyable. I somehow found that, like the experience of me actually going through that and feeling my body being able to bear it and being able to do it was incredibly satisfying. But I know a lot of my friends who are athletes who are looking at me and they're saying, you cannot pay me to do this, right? So for me, Denali was a mountain I enjoyed training for. I enjoyed climbing. I enjoyed that hardship and experience because 
because it was my personal preference, because that's what I enjoy. But, you know, guides have this saying for climbers who show up to these kind of marque peaks like Denali or Everest. And they say, well, these people are not really enjoying, they're not interested in the journey, they're not interested in the climb. They just want to check it off the list. They just want to have climbed it. And that never leads to satisfaction or ultimate happiness. So my advice to you guys is do not be the career climber who just wants to check something off on your list. Do not <laughs> climb the mountain when, when you get to the top, you realize that you didn't enjoy a minute of it and now you're miserable because you're just on the mountain that you don't enjoy. Instead, look around and truly, truly say, what is an experience? What is a, what is a, a job? What is a role? Where can I truly enjoy the climb? Where can I truly enjoy the experience? Where can I truly enjoy what I'm learning? Where can I feel turned on? Where can I feel on fire? Where can I feel like I'm, you know, I'm just living, living something that is exciting, living something that is rewarding, fulfilling, even though it may be filled with difficulties and obstacles. Like, even though you may be carrying eight gallons of water up a hill, steep hill, there's something in there that makes it satisfying for you. So this is an invitation for you guys to define your own definition of success. What does success mean to you? Because if you keep climbing mountains you don't enjoy that are defined by others, I guarantee you when you reach the summit, when you arrive to that position, to that promotion, to that summit, you will feel a deep level of of disappointment, of realization that this sacrifice, this whole painful process of not enjoying the climb was not worth it. So make it worth it. Climb something that you enjoy. Find the experience that you love. Okay, guys, I'll see you in the next episode. And thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe, send to a friend or leave a review. The best way to connect is to register for the next free Product VP Challenge at productvpchallenge.com. Until next time, keep climbing and keep enjoying the climb.